is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand it off to Minter, hit in the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation, this is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike right three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Knocks it, got it, underdog, and then one, exclamation point. Now your hosts, KLIN contributor Cole Stukenholz and KLIN reporter Matt McMaster. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. We are fully into summer. I know I'm excited for a number of reasons, not the least of which that my calendar's going to start to free up here. I've got uh, dance recital Saturday today. I'm wearing my, wearing my daughter's little uh, pin there. I've got two daughters in dance now. God help me. Uh, but we've got dance finishing today. We've got soccer finishing tomorrow. I am fired up. Uh, and we've got a lot of Husker stuff to cover. I'm Cole Stukenholz. We've got Matt McMaster alongside. Kenny Larrabee's got us on the Facebook Live at KLI and Huskers. A ton uh, of stuff to cover today. Uh, we appreciate you joining Nebraska football scheduling news. Big Ten schedules come out for the next uh, couple of seasons. We know who Nebraska is going to be playing. Uh, we know about the protected rivals, how the, the Big Ten scheduling model is going to look with that 16-team setup. Division's going away. Uh, we'll hit on that in a little bit. couple of Husker football recruits commit this week, one 2024, and an in-state 2025 uh, who could be really important to this uh uh, this Matt Rule experiment here, we'll uh, we'll tell you about those guys later on as well. And we are starting our summer position previews today. Get your whoop, mic. Whoop. I'm sorry, I didn't turn my mic on. It's a, I, I'm frantic right now. You were I'm, taking I'm, notes. I I didn't want it. I didn't want the note taking to come through on the mic, so I left your mic off. <laughs> am I heavily breathing when I'm writing? No, you had the pen rattling around. Sure, just, sure. Good. Lot, lot going on. Good point. Um, and. The return of uh, of player access. We are talking to today, yes. Ramir Johnson, Husker running back. Real quick, uh, shout out uh, the athletic department, uh, Mr. Keith Mann, Mr. Seamus McKnight, yes. for allowing us to get a hold of these players. Uh, we got we we got a lot in the bin. We got a lot lot for you to have. We're going to yes. have more in the future as well, hopefully. So shout out them, and uh, it's it's always great. I know. There was a little bit of a lull in time where it was really hard to get a hold of coaches and players uh, from the athletic department, but now uh, things have opened back up. Yep. And we want to thank the people who have uh, allowed us to get that access. Yes, yes. Sports info over at Nebraska, best in the business. Best in the business. Like, not, not literally, butt like, kissing. Like, li- literally, they, they, like, number they look one. At everybody in Nebraska is consistently right up there. So, yes, shout out to them. Ramir Johnson will join us to break down the running backs. Uh, we, are, we are previewing the uh, one of the. One of the more stacked position groups, um, just based on the fact that only one or two of them are on the field, it's it is one of the more stacked position groups uh, on the whole squad. So uh, we are previewing running backs um, in our first installment of the position preview. So um, stick around for that. Uh, before we get into all of that stuff, uh, it was a little bit of a little bit of an expected change, uh, maybe. Maybe uh, uh, it was still still not not maybe the the way that you know uh, maybe Husker fans would have wanted it to go this way, but uh, it is what it is at this point, and and the decisions have been made uh, on the pitching side for Nebraska baseball uh, earlier this week. Will Bolt lets Jeff Christie go. They they uh, quote mutually agree to part ways, as is canon now. Whenever somebody leaves a program. Uh, he got he got good luck in your I, future endeavors. I mean, yeah. This, this, so this is what he got. Jeff Christie is uh, is out. He was the pitching coach for all four seasons for Will Bolt, uh, more like three point three or so, because that first season really didn't happen. Uh, and and had great success with that twenty twenty one team. Nebraska won the Big Ten in that conference only season. Should have hosted a regional. Instead, got sent to the number one overall seed, Arkansas. Dang near won that anyway. Uh, and then the last couple years just struggles. They did not make the NCAA tournament two years in a row. Uh, didn't even make the Big Ten tournament in 2022. This season was some good, but but some bad. It was just up and down, inconsistency. And frankly, with, with guys at the plate like Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews doing what they did, you're looking 
objectively at it, if you had better pitching, if you had more consistent pitching performances, uh, maybe this season would have gone a different direction. Uh, those those five games, those five results that if flipped that Will Bolt talked about late in the season, uh, if they had five games that, that went in a different direction, maybe helped out by more consistent pitching performances, uh, perhaps this team would have been in a regional last week, and, and then who knows, maybe they're still playing this weekend in a Super. Uh, but neither here nor there. Jeff Christie is out. Uh, I, I, like I said, not necessarily unexpected, Matt, but... I, I think maybe the move that you had to make, if you're Will Bolt, to to find something different and and shake up the shake up the staff, shake up the program a little bit because things just weren't where they needed to be for this team's. You know whether it's realistic, whether it's going to happen every year, but their stated expectation, their stated goal of hosting a regional, and that 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 just wasn't the standard with with Jeff Christie here. So. Okay, I'm ready. I'm prepared. You can just, I, you can just go. You don't need to tell me. Your I know, I know, I know. I've been, I've been. I got. I really went deep, deep in, into yeah, into it. the uh, abyss here. Okay, so to the I did my very best. I might be missing one or two teams just okay. because the uh, D one baseball All American teams are. It's really like poorly put together and like who made it and who's on what team. But Kendall Rogers just catching strays here. From my from my research, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams. Who had more than one All American on their roster this year? The seven teams are LSU, Clemson, Maryland, Florida Athletic was in there. So you mean Atlantic? I don't, well, that's they wrote Athletic in there. So did maybe it a, did it have a logo? No, did it? I think I think they just okay. messed up. Right. I think they messed up. But I think it's Florida Atlantic, okay. Virginia, Wake Forest, and Nebraska. I'll repeat that again. LSU, Clemson, Maryland, Florida Atlantic, Virginia, Wake Forest, and Nebraska were the only teams to have more than one well, D1, D1 All-American. I know Wake Forest is certainly there the number are, one overall seed. There are LSU, LSU yep. Virginia, and Wake Forest all in Super Regionals. Uh-huh. Clemson, Maryland, and I believe Florida Atlantic as well. Maryland, and, Maryland was put in the the regional with Wake Forest. But, but the point being, Clemson was a all of those teams, all yep. those teams except for Nebraska, made the NCAA tournament. Very true. You had two All Americans on your team. You didn't make the tournament. That doesn't happen a lot, okay? And most of these teams, like I said, are in a super regional, and they have more than yeah, three, the, three, three of the seven in the super. Six so of now, the seven made the regional. Now, is that on Jeff Kriske? Is that on Jeff Kriske? Partially. Well, but wait, here's the thing. Is it completely on Jeff Kriske? Completely no. No. Certainly absolutely not. not. But someone had to take the fall. Someone had to go. Someone There had to be changes. When you have a team that is as talented as this one has been, the only one that could be comparable in terms of talent in the Will Bolt era was the one that you just mentioned that went to a Super Regional, that played Arkansas, that dang near won and went to Omaha, I mean, that's the only team that's comparable in talent to this one, and they didn't even make the tournament. And so, when I mean is it completely on Jeff Christie, well, look, let's look at their pitching. Nebraska in the Big Ten this year had a 4.64 ERA. That was good enough for third in the Big Ten. That's really respectable. I mean, that is that is top three. That is, a, that is considered a good pitching staff. Mm-hmm. But when we look at the root... Of all of Nebraska pro- Nebraska problems, it was the weekday games. I was in about those- to say the the total ERA is actually higher than that yes, conference. Absolutely, ERA. yeah. So when we look at the weekday record, they're six and six. Okay, and in those games, they gave up one run that was a win to Northern Colorado. Three runs that was a win to Northern Colorado. Ten runs in a weekday game. Yeah. Okay, yeah. one run again. Six runs. Six runs. Three runs. Eight runs. Six runs. Four runs. That's a lot of inconsistency in the weekday games. That's a lot of runs in games they needed to win. Now, are they going to go 12-0 and in weekday games? No, not necessarily. They're not going to go 12-0. and But you give four of those wins, let's say you flip four of those weekday wins, which 10-2 and in weekday games against not even group of five opponents. I mean, barely even group of five. I guess yeah. uh, uh, Creighton would be considered a, a group they of would. six. Yeah, with baseball. Other than that, though, I mean, most of these teams weren't even in that group of six. Yeah. And yet, you would have, if you flip four of them, you'd be 37-19-1. and 19 and one. You look at Indiana, who made the tournament, they're 43-20. and 20. Mm-hmm. And you could argue... 
that if Nebraska had 37 wins, 38 wins, they might and you know maybe a turn a Big Ten tournament game goes their way. However, you want to spin it, they very well could just be in the NCAA tournament with executing weekday games. Their Big Ten tournament performance was was good. They just they lost to Maryland exactly. Twice. So one in extras, and then all of this you know, to say, all of this to say, someone had to take the fall for underachieving this year because they underachieved and there is a standard there is a standard at nebraska baseball uh to perform and yeah they won 30 games but that standard of of going to a regional and making the tournament has not been reached in two seasons this seemed like the prime opportunity to do it jeff Krisky took the fall rob childress comes in a, a coach that nebraska is very familiar with a guy with a lot of experience so it, I think that this is a Krisky got let go. He'll get another job. I don't think yeah. he did a bad job at all. I don't. Th- I think he did a good job. I think he was a a solid pitching coach. But someone's got to answer the bell. Someone's got to be there for the consequences. Krisky kind of just, in my opinion, he took the fall. Yeah. Will Bolt wasn't going to take the fall. Trev Alberts wasn't going to take the fall. So Will Bolt might next year if things don't. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know about that. I mean, we're talking about a 33-win team. Yes, but the, the, the point is, if, if they continue on this path of not making the tournament, and God forbid they miss the Big, they miss the big Ten tournament again, sure. like they did in 22, that's, that's not going to spell out well for uh, then, then, that two, then that 2021 squad. That looks more like an outlier than a, than a trajectory. Sure. Um, as, as you mentioned, Rob Childress is now the guy. And that is a very familiar name. He's been with Nebraska for the last two seasons. He's been the director of player development. Uh, but, of course, has been at Nebraska before. He had eight seasons on staff under Dave Van Horn and Mike Anderson. Nebraska went to the College World Series three times while he was here. It was thought to be between him and Anderson when Van Horn went down to Arkansas in 2002. Mike Anderson got the head job. Childress stayed on as pitching coach for three more seasons. But then... Went to Texas A&M. He was the head coach at Texas A&M for 16 seasons. Took them to a record 13 consecutive NCAA tournaments. He's experienced. Six regional titles, and they went to the College World Series in 2011 and 2017 as well. Uh, he, he is a guy with a lot of, a lot of stuff on his, on his resume, uh, but more importantly, has done it, number one, as a pitching coach, to the highest level, and number two has done it at Nebraska. So the fact that he knows the staff, the fact that he knows the roster, the fact that he's been working to bring recruits in in his role as director of player development, and and the fact that it's turned back over to him now to this is basically Will Bolt saying, "Hey, Rob, buddy, I need you." So we we need to give this job to you and and just you take it and run with it. This is Rob Childress's baby now, and and it's it's up to him to get that pitching staff to a place in 2023 or in 2024, I should say now uh, where they're able to get back into a regional and, and frankly a place that I think Nebraska should be at, at a minimum hosting. That might be a little bit of a tall order most seasons, but it's a nice goal to have. But the fact that Childress is there on staff has the relationship with Will Bolt uh, and is able to do this job that he's done before. Uh, is is potentially pretty valuable for uh, for Nebraska baseball. So, uh, best of luck to Jeff Christie and uh, and certainly of Rob Childress as uh, as he comes in. The other hire, uh, Sirianni from Wichita State. Um, I don't know as much about him, but the baseball folks seem to think that that's a well respected. Good is what I where I read on Twitter. By the way, let's add another one. Multiple All Americans, Florida. Well, on their way to yeah, Omaha as they're well. They want to know in the re- supers. Yeah. There's a lot. This yeah. list, this list of, of teams with multiple All Americans is is hefty. And then there's Nebraska, who didn't even make the tournament. And that just kind of goes and sums up the season. As we said a couple times these last few weeks, Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews they should be playing. The the regionals should have had those two in it. It's tough. All right, we're back right after this. Um, we are getting in to the spring or spring the summer position previews we're starting with running backs and we're starting with Ramir Johnson Husker running back he's going to help us break down the running back room right after this don't go anywhere this is KLIN Husker Hour giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week this is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio 1499.3 KLIN and starting us off this 
offseason in our summer position previews. Uh, we're going to get to start on the offensive side of the ball, Matt. We got running backs up first. Uh, and uh, very kind to join us to, to help us break down that running back group uh, is one of the Husker running backs. It is Ramir Johnson with us here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, Ramir, thanks a lot for joining us. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yes, and it's uh, it's it's been quite the off season. Right after you guys beat Iowa, Matt Rule gets announced as the the next head coach the next day. Uh, in comes EJ Barthel as the next running backs coach. Mm-hmm. What's this off season been like for you? Uh, I mean, for me personally, just you know, the main the main goal was just like you know, make sure uh, I can showcase my skills to the coaches. You know, make sure they see that uh, you know I'm a player. And I can be a play for them uh, come this fall. So that's kind of like the main, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, goal for myself. You know, buying into you know what what they are offering and just working hard. Like my main like pointers for this uh, off season. Ramir, Matt here. I want to thank you for coming on uh, once again. Look, last season for you, you know, definitely if we had to pick someone in the running back room who had a bit of a turbulent season, it'd probably be you going from wide receiver room to running back room, you know, trying to find time on the field. Did you take, you know, how did you take this offseason in between, like you said, trying to uh, impress these new coaches, impress the staff? Did you take this as a reset? Uh, to kind of just get your head back in the game with with all the things that were going on last season. Oh uh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, it, it's, it's a different atmosphere out here in Nebraska from what I've known. You know, the past couple years I've been here. So for me, it was just uh, it was definitely a, a reset. You know, get my mind you know back to uh, you know what the goal was last year and years years prior to, and just you know keep doing what I, I know to do and that's work hard. What I've been doing uh, so far, Ramir Johnson here with us here on the K Lion Husker Hour. The the top three backs with experience on this squad: you, Gabe Irvin, Anthony Grant. Uh, you'll all likely have chances here this season. Uh, how do you guys, as a group, interact with each other? What's those relationships like? Uh, no, yeah, I'm cool with everybody. I, I probably hang out with Gabe, well, probably like almost every day. You know, we were hanging out, uh, watching sports, talking sports. Kind of like uh, uh, trying to get him into like learning like you know a lot of these coverages for these defenses we're gonna be playing in the fall. So I'm trying to like incorporate that in the near future coming up. But uh, Ag, you know, he's a funny guy. I hang out with him almost every day too. Uh, Emmett Johnson, another guy I like to hang out with. Kind of keep him under my wing, coaching him up. You know, telling him things I learned over my years being here. So I, for the most part, and I'll run back. We're we pretty we're pretty tight knit. I can say pretty tight knit. Ramir, you know, this room probably pound for pound, maybe the most stacked out of all the rooms, you know, on this team. Like you said, yourself, Emma Johnson, Anthony Grant, uh, Gabe Irvin. All of you guys, though, are, are a little different. You all kind of bring different skill sets uh, to the running back position. What would you say as a collective group is like your biggest strength? My biggest strength, I would say, uh, I say our power. I think I think especially this past offseason we got really, really, really strong. And I can tell from this past spring, you know, spring practices that we, you know, running behind our pack a little bit more, showing that you know we we got the power and stuff like that. We always had the speed, speed been there, so I'm not really too worried about that. I, too worried about that, but I can say like the power, like the main thing that kinda of, like stood out to me, including myself. So Husker Power. Husker yeah. fans are gonna like hearing that. Yeah. Hey what's uh what kind of coach what kind of coach is Coach Barthel? Has, has he made your game better? And, and if so, how? Yeah, Coach Coach EJ, um, he's very hands on. Um, he's kind of laid back, but he can get intensive when he when he needs to be. You know, if we like, if we see something that he don't we're not liking with the group, he might turn up a little bit of notch. But he, he's pretty chill, laid back, give a lot of pointers and stuff like that. Um, for me, he uh. He's been working on me, getting, you know, like my uh, my vision right. You know, he, he's uh, helping me be more like patient and seeing everything before I could seeing everything before I just hit the hole and you know do whatever. So I, I could say like my patience is what, like the main thing he's been like helping me uh, this season so far. Ramir, I, I want to ask. Um, 
you know, we heard a lot in the offseason with, with Coach Satterfield and, and Rule about the fullback and that the fullback is going to be implemented mm-hmm. into this offense as a running back. Are you excited about that when you hear that you're going to have a blocker in front of you and there's going to be more power runs and more, you know, potentially more space for you to go? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's probably hard to believe, but, like, when I first started playing football, I was, like, the power kind of guy. We had we lined up in the eye formation, had the fullback. I played fullback at times. So. Wow. It's, it's, it's almost exciting. It's almost exciting to uh, get this uh, offense kind of again because, like, I miss having, like, you know, the ISO leads and the power leads and, when the four make a good block, you go right behind them and make a play after that. So I, I, I'm excited for this offense, you know, to get fired up in this season. Is that an aspect of your game you're excited to show fans? Because I feel like a lot of people look at you as kind of the speed, skill guy, because you're not, you know, the yeah. most physically imposing guy. But are, are you excited to show these, the you know, the Husker faithful that you can put your head down, you can put your shoulder down and make some yards after after first contact? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, this is year five for me, so... The main thing for me this year is to put it all together, show you guys the speed, show you guys the power, show you guys the hands. I just want to put everything together, you know what I'm saying, and just show you guys that I can do it all, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Yeah, I I, I just want to put it all together. Like That's like the main thing. Another minute or two here with uh, running back Ramir Johnson from uh, Nebraska's offense. And this offense sounds like, uh, Ramir, it's going to have a little bit more QB run game as well. Uh, and, and Coach Rule has also said here in the offseason that he wants to be able to run the ball a lot in the fourth quarter and, and kind of salt games away. Uh, what what did those aspects of, of this offense, uh, what what kind of feelings does that does that get you going with? Um, I think it's exciting. I mean, having uh, multiple things to do on offense, that's like, gives the defense like a hard time to like defend. Like, okay, we got this QB you can run. But then the next play, you might run the ball to the running back, and then this play might do this and that. So I think it just gives the you know put the defense on their toes. You don't know what you're going what you're going to expect to get from us. So I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see like this upcoming season, like and us just putting everything together, and for, the, for you guys, the fans, to see like what we've been working, you know, working towards this upcoming fall. You have any goals in mind uh, come summer ball and come fall training camp? Once uh, to get geared up toward Minnesota. Um. Uh, Go for me is to you know stay stay in lane, uh, stay on track, and uh, like I said, I just want to put everything together and show everybody that you know I've been working and it's year five for me. And I gotta put everything together and show you know what I'm capable of doing and what the team's capable of doing. Get you here out of here on this, Ramir. Uh, give us uh, give us a little something about Coach Rule. What what sticks out to you about his coaching style? Um, some way that he connects with you guys on on a a personal level, what what sticks out about Coach Rule so far? Uh, he's straight business. He gets straight to the business. He, there's no, you know, holding your hand. He's gonna tell you what you need to do, and and you gotta do it from there on. So I like how I like his business aspect of like his coaching and how he just lets you know what you gotta do and just get it done from there. They know, you know, I don't know. There's no like, you know, holding your hand or you know, no patty cake, you know, no dilly dally stuff like that. Yeah, no patty cake. <laughs> just straight to business. Man. Absolutely. I like that That's all. I'm all about business. Man. I appreciate that from Coach Rubin. Absolutely. We can't wait to see you play, Ramir. Absolutely. We can't wait to see you put it all together this season. I appreciate season. that. Of course. All right, good stuff. That's Ramir yes, Johnson helping us pre- preview the running backs here this offseason. Uh, Ramir, thanks a lot for the time. Good luck in the fall. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right, that's uh, Ramir Johnson. Uh, right after this, we'll come back. Matt and I will uh, do a, f- a little further breakdown of this running back group right after this here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Great, great stuff from Ramir Johnson, Husker running back. Uh, just helped us break down what you can expect from the running back group this season. If you missed that, uh, definitely make sure you are subscribed to the KLI and Husker Hour podcast and your podcast feed of choice. You can also find the shows over at uh, HuskerMax or KLIN.com or uh, on the Facebook Live anytime, including right now. Live on camera with Matt McMaster and myself, Cole Stukenholtz. Uh, good stuff from Amir Johnson, Matt. Great. I gotta yeah. get the mic to my oh, mouth yeah. here. My Sorry. bad. Uh, yeah, great. It, I mean, awesome interview. Opened up a lot. I I really liked his enthusiasm about running behind a fullback. Like he was legitimately yeah. like you know when you first get an interview, we'll give you a little inside baseball here, a little insider action for the listeners. Like, as an interviewer, sometimes the first couple questions are a little cold. You're getting to know the guy. You know, it's it's what, you know, they're giving you the basic stuff. But as soon as we asked him about that fullback, he perked up. He got real comfortable. He was very happy to talk about it. And he was even happier to say, like, yeah, I want to run some dudes over. Like, he wants to be physical. Mm-hmm. I think with Ramir, his biggest thing is that it's just been a lack of opportunity in my opinion i feel like the speed is no no i I just feel like he's never really settled into a season it's just he's got incredible athleticism he's got great speed he can do it all in terms of running the ball he can catch the ball you really started to think okay after the 2021 season that he was going to take that next step in 2022, I mean, he rushed for nearly 500 yards in 2021 on off 100 attempts. Yeah. So you you had that anticipation that he could be the next guy, and then they bring in Anthony Grant, and then the the emergence of AJ Allen, and but still, you don't just throw that guy to the side. Well, that's what they did. Yeah, they they threw him to the side, and and he got 19 attempts last year. He ran he the same standard he did the year before with four and a half yards per carry. But it's just he he was being tossed around the rooms to the wide receiver to the running back, and when his name was mentioned by by Coach Matt Rule at these press conferences, people were excited about it because he was just kind of, I mean. He was, he was like, I don't want to have a negative comparison here, but he just was kind of left out of the party last year. And he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been. From what the body of work that he put in from the year before, he should have been given way more opportunities. I mean, who goes from 112 rushing attempts in a season with over, with a solid yards per carry to 19 the next year? Yeah. I mean, it, it was a little bit ridiculous, and I think a lot of people understood that it was a, a little bit ridiculous that he wasn't getting the opportunities that people thought he deserved. This year, it seems like he's going to, he's primed to, with Gabe Irvin, Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson, three-headed monster, and a lot of people, or not a lot of people, Matt Rule has not been shy to say, we are going to run the ball. We are going to run the ball. And so... All three of those guys are going to get carries, and you're going to see a heck of a lot more Ramirez, which I'm, I'm very happy to hear about. Yeah, nuts and bolts uh, in terms of just the running backs and, and who's gone, who's here, who's still yet to come. So A.J. Allen, Jacquez Yant, Marquis Step, those guys were on the roster last year. They are no longer here uh, from from various times of leaving the program. Uh, yeah, still, still here, obviously, those three, Anthony Grant, Ramir Johnson, Gabe Irvin, as well as now uh, redshirt freshman Emmett Johnson, uh, who was a commit uh, recruit uh, uh, out of Minnesota, he's still here as well. So those are your four scholarship returnees. And then newcomers, you've got Quentin Ives, the only scholarship running back coming into the squad. Uh, and don't forget that F word. Fullback. Barrett Liebentritt. Also, former Omaha Scut player, hmm. former Notre Dame fighting Irishman. And oh. uh, he is... Walking on now this season as a fullback that was uh, that was announced last month. So um, he's going to be the full time fullback. Bonner too. Janeer and Bonner has obviously played that role in the spring. He's I want be a tight end, H back hybrid, whatever. Do you know who I want in that fullback role? Give me Borkacher. 
just playing the fullback. Okay. That would be a yeah. ram, just a battery ram. Maybe we'll get a chance to ask him. Hopefully, later, later I'd love here. to get Nate Borgatcher on the show. I mean, that's him and Isaac Gifford are, uh, are two guys that we would love to have on. But look, let's talk about let's talk about the the three headed monster. Yes, real quick. yes. Got Ramirez. Like we said, had a really good twenty twenty one. Just didn't have the opportunities last year. Not not rightfully so. This year, it seems like he's going to get those opportunities. He had a really good offseason. A guy who probably had a better offseason, got even more praise in Ramirez, was Gabe Irvin Jr. Yes. Who? A lot of hype. Same standard, though. Like, had 120 rushing yards, two touchdowns. The yards per carry weren't as efficient as Ramirez. But this was another guy who a lot of people anticipated was going to take another step and get more opportunities in this running back room. Ramirez got 19 attempts. Gabe got 20. So, I mean, these are these are two guys that we know have a lot of talent uh, who just did not and who have proven who have proven that they can they can play at at, at a pretty high level and just weren't given the opportunity. And uh, Irvin coming off the injury in 2020. He was absolutely. You're right. Yeah. But but the thing is, too, is that rule called him the all star of the offseason yeah. and, and had incredibly high praise. And in that spring game, who was taking those first carries? Gabe Irvin Jr. That's right. So now here's I, I want to wane a little bit here. He's very talented. And he's very good, and he's proven that he can make dynamic plays. But you know, not an All American. Same thing with Ramir. Not an All American. Like these aren't super. They're, they're not all stars yet. But there's a lot of potential between these two. Then you go to Anthony Grant, the bell cow mm-hmm. last year. Incredible running back. Put your head down. The incredible mixture of speed and power. Um, Whipple last year, the offensive coordinator said he's got the potential to be a, a professional player. Yeah, and he certainly does. You got those three guys. I think it's in a good spot with with those three. You got a lot of different dynamic dynamics though. Where Gabe is really fast and he's really agile. Anthony's got a lot of that power. Uh, Ramirez, same thing. You, you can throw him in the slot. You can give him the ball. I was really interested when he heard when when Ramirez said that he thought their biggest strength as a group was the power because right these aren't six three running backs these are mainly six foot I mean Ramirez five ten yeah they, these aren't two hundred pound running I mean Gabe is two fifteen uh, Ramirez is under two hundred pounds but it, it was really interesting to hear that the power was a big aspect from R- Ramirez so for Grant and Irvin that wouldn't seem so you know off base but. For for Amir Johnson to say that in particular, for his body type, for his the way his game is suited, that was something that kind of stuck out. And it, I think it does speak to the mentality that I, I think maybe EJ Barthel's trying to um trying to pour into these guys is look, you guys are going to have a chance to have a big impact on this offense. They want to establish the run. They're gonna have a QB run game, and you gotta have pretty good running backs as a threat to that defense if you want to open up the options for the QB run game. And Matt Rule, I, this is the thing that sticks out to me. Um, if you if you take him at his word, this offseason, what he wants to do in terms of running the ball, fourth quarter, late in games, trying to salt things away when you have a lead in the Big Ten, Matt Rule wants to run for 70 yards per qu- per fourth quarter. Yeah. If you are going to do that, guess what? Big Ten defenses are going to stack the box. How are you going to need to run to get 70 yards per fourth quarter? You are going to need to run power. You're going to need to knock some people over. If you're the running back, you're going to need to gain those extra two to three yards after contact and fall forward and go through the tackler. And so that mentality that Ramirez speaks of, even though it doesn't necessarily fit his game, I think that does speak to how they're being coached, the mentality that they're being drilled day in and day out by this coaching staff, because that is the way that Matt Rule has said he wants to win games late in the fourth quarter in the Big Ten Conference. Real quickly here, Anthony Grant, 5'11", 200 pounds. Yep. Gabe Irvin, uh, six foot two fifteen. Ramirez Johnson, 510185 doesn't those those measurements don't speak to power they don't they don't translate typically you don't read that and you're like oh this is a power guy but you're absolutely right yeah. and so that's the type of ball they're going to need to play though in the Big 10 that's the type of ball like you can't I'm not saying you can't have a spread offense in the Big 10 you know USC and, and Wisconsin are, are two examples of that and UCLA as well yeah. they're all three of those guys or all three of those teams are going to play but you look at the teams that have been successful in the Big 10 Penn State, 
elite running backs. Yeah. Michigan, elite running backs. Yeah. Ohio State, elite running backs. Elite run game. You need to be able to run the ball, and you need to be able to run it by committee. You know, and so th- these three guys all have great potential, all have great talent, all have proven in the past that they can run the ball in the Big Ten. And so, my, th- I think the big question amongst these three, though, is who's going to be the superstar? Who's going to be the guy? Who's going to be number one? I think it's easy to say Anthony Grant because that's how it was last year. But this is a new staff. This is a new outlook on things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that sometimes when coaches know a player for too long, they've been coaching a player for three years or four years, sometimes they're either the guy or they get overlooked for newer toys. I think it's one of those two things. And I think that Ramir and Gabe, frankly, were victim to that. Yeah. I think being in that in the program and in that previous era, knowing what they, what they thought they knew what they had in them, they were kind of passed up yeah. for, because, for newer opportunities. I think th- that's no longer true. Yeah. Completely new eyes, completely new distinction of who's who and, and what's going to happen. So it's going to be interesting. I really like we keep saying it's these three guys are going to get carries. Yeah. They're not going to all be equal, but they are going to get carries. It's going to be interesting though. Who's going to get the most carries and who's going to get that first carry against Minnesota? I think though, and I know you're kind of going to it in a second here. Emmett Johnson and Quinn Knives. These are the two guys on the back end. Younger dudes. Johnson's a, uh, a redshirt sophomore. or uh, Yeah, Emma Johnson, redshirt sophomore. Redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman, yeah, my bad. This is second year. Second year. Ives, freshman. Yep. Who's the next guy up? Who's the next one up? You lose A.J. Allen. You need, you know, eventually, right? Anthony Grant. Yeah, you could more, get down to four string. You could. Um, yeah, I, I, but no, but I, what I'm going to say, or, though, oh, is, yeah. is in the future, in the next couple oh, of sure, years, sure. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Anthony Grant... Yeah. I mean, is is probably gone. I don't know his eligibility. I know that he's been to a lot of different schools. I'm going to guess that his eligibility has been used up. Ramir, this is his fifth year. Yep. He may go. He can have one more he, after. Okay, he can have one more, but still. Yep. He could have fifth year and, and, and yep. go on, or he could transfer or whatever. You never know in these days. So one of these guys, I'm really interested. Who's the next guy? And I would like to see either Ives or Johnson get some carries so we can get a, a bit of an outlook. Yep. Uh, on their future, and both these guys were incredible yeah. high school football players. Yeah, uh, two two more things as we wrap up the uh, the running back position preview here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, Anthony Grant, uh, just to give him his due, two hundred eighteen carries, nine hundred fifteen yards, six touchdowns, four point two per carry, seventy six yards per game. He has that reliability factor that I don't know that we. Can I don't know that we can count on Ramir Johnson or Gabe Irvin to play all 12 games this season. Anthony Grant played all 12 games last season. He was the rock back there, and, and he was an everyday starter. So the fact that he's still here and can be that guy if Ramir or Gabe or anybody gets dinged, Anthony Grant has shown the ability to do that. That's important. And then secondarily, you'll see the – I mean, obviously football is a team sport. These, all, these positions all tie together. The factor that may be the most important – to this running back group is how does this offensive line ultimately gel? How do they play? Do they have that same nastiness? Do they have that same emphasis on power and and running through guys and, and winning games in the fourth quarter by running the ball for 70, for, for 70 yards per quarter uh, in the fourth? You're going to get Ben Scott in there, but then it's it's probably guys that you've known for the last few years with Ben Hart, Corcoran, uh, sure. Newelli back, and, and Teddy Prohaska if he can be healthy enough. So that offensive line is going to be very, very important uh, to the running back group as well. Real quick, Quinn Knives, his junior and senior year combined, 3,055 yards, 49 touchdowns from New Jersey. Nebraska taking a page out of the Wisconsin playbook, going going ahead and getting a New Jersey running back, which and, is kind of funny. And you said you know the guys that they have aren't necessarily bigger guys. Uh, Quentin Knives, by the way, six two, yeah, one eighty five, coming in as a true freshman. And, and so he he was an absolute stud in high school. But yeah. I mean, he might have been a little outdone here by Emma Johnson, who Johnson he, had really twenty five hundred yards. 42 touchdowns in his senior season alone, yes, at yes. least 100 rushing yards in all 11 games as a senior. He had seven 200 rushing yard games. He was Mr. Football in Minnesota. So look, I just mentioned that, I mean, not that the high school stats is a direct correlation to, to college or anything like that, but I think it's important for the listeners to get an understanding of who these guys are so they're not surprised yep. when... If at all this season they get the ball and they're like, oh, who's this guy? Or like, oh, yeah. I'm surprised. These guys are studs. And Rule and so, has a history of playing freshman yeah. in that first season. 
he's not building for re- winning right now necessarily. He's building for winning in year two and year three sure. and having experience. So those freshmen playing is not out of the question this season at all. Um, hey, we mentioned fullback. Uh, men of a certain age got a little excited when Ramirez mentioned I formation too. Don't get me started. Uh, is that the I word now? Quarterback under center. Don't get me started. All right, hey, more football news and uh, and and scheduling and recruiting. Uh, we've got a lot more to get to yet, so stick with us right after this on the KLI and Husker Hour. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. If you missed it, uh, two. Two Husker football commits this week. Uh, one for 2024. It is uh, a familiar last name. Mario Buford, uh, the younger brother of Marquise Buford out of the state of Texas. Four-star defensive back, 5'11", 165. Uh, he decided on Nebraska, picked Nebraska over. Uh, he had 18 other offers, including Michigan State, Purdue, Oregon, uh, decided on Nebraska, uh, Mario Buford, and that Texas pipeline continues. That's the third out of the eight 2024 commits out of the state of Texas. Uh, and then 2025 commit Tyson Terry, offensive or defensive lineman, I think uh, is uh, is where he's slated to play right now. Defensive line commit uh, from Omaha North. He is a heavyweight wrestler. He's already won two state championships probably will win two more on his way out of high school uh, and then come to come to Lincoln and, and play a little D-line just like Nash Hutmacher. Nash Hutmacher was a heavyweight wrestler up in South Dakota. He, isn't with, he 96 uh, and 0 right now? Is yeah, that he's he, never lost. Crazy. Yep, Tyson Terry, so He should go into well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you hey. think about going into wrestling, man. I mean, that's kind of impressive. I yeah. mean, maybe maybe the state of Nebraska is it at the highest level of, of skate wrestling around the country, but still, that's incredibly impressive. And, and his could he do both? By the way, sorry, I'm going. Uh, 96 and 0 is ridiculous. It is there was a there was an offensive lineman a few years ago who did both. I don't remember his name. I okay. might be able to think. You of should it anyway. think about that. That's anyway, insane. the 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 fact that you get him uh, 2025. It's the second commit for 2025 class with Caden Vermas from Millard West. You get Tyson Terry. This is this is showing that Nebraska is really committed to the state of Nebraska recruiting, but also more importantly, maybe to me, is the Omaha metro area. You got Danny Kalen out of Bellevue West. You got Caden uh, Vermas and Tyson Terry for 2025. Ashton Murphy out of Elkhorn is part of this class here this year as well. Uh, a lot of guys left on the board still in terms of Nebraska kids for this coming class, including Isaiah McMorris, wide receiver out of Bellevue West, Carter Nelson out of Ainsworth, Caleb Benning, DB out of Westside, Caleb Pyfram, the offensive lineman from Central. Nebraska's really made a commitment to that Omaha area, and it's starting to pay dividends maybe earlier than people thought as we're here in June of of Matt Rule's first year hasn't played a game yet. Look, I I anticipate we're going to have more and more commits as we go through June with all these official visits that are happening. I'm sure that some of these guys, they've already done some visits. I'm sure some of these Omaha guys will will come again for visits. And hopefully, you know, in-state recruiting is definitely important for any program, especially a program where there's not really any competition uh, like Nebraska. There is no competition in Nebraska uh, for the University of Nebraska. Uh, So, like you said, it's important to get these guys or talented players. Real quick, the 10. I don't do... Okay, so... These aren't the ten guys who are getting the single digit numbers. Oh God, I hope the offense. Ethan Piper got one. Yeah, right? no. I hope I see like a zero on yeah, the offensive line. I don't know. <laughs> I think these are. This was just a, a prestige type of award. Or hey, these guys are great. They showed the the comp, the on the. There's a graphic and it says the ten, and then on the bottom it's the word yeah. compelled, and then under that it says hold themselves and others to higher standard. Will not rest until the job is done. Finds a way to succeed regardless of the obstacles. So these are ten guys that are are held in very high regard. Pretty cool shot. Um, Amongst uh, the coaching staff, the ten are chief boarders, transfer from Florida. John Bullock, uh, walk on from was Crane Prep, uh, who made big strides and who got big shout outs in press conferences oh, yeah. from Matt Rule. Very unexpected. Blaze Gunnerson, uh, who will be pretty big off the edge this season yep. with a lot of these uh, D linemen uh, going away. Malcolm Hartzog uh, started last year. Ashton Hausman from Roken, Nebraska. Nash Hutmacher. Cam Lenhart, IMG freshman, Ethan Piper, Grant Taggy, and long snapter. Oh my God, snapter. Camden Watuki. Camden Watuki. 
Yeah. Good for him. That's yeah. awesome. Interestingly enough, out of those 10, four former walk-ons or still maybe still yeah. walk-ons. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Scholarship, but. Does not surprise me because I, yeah. I think that just represents who the good teammates are. Yep. And, and walk-ons, they got everything to prove and, and they got no attitude. They got no drama. They, they're not a diva. They understand what they got to do. They haven't been held and, you know, they haven't, they don't have all these four stars and five stars and all these camps and these reporters or anything like that. I mean, walk-ons are built through good hard work and you yeah. can ask Matt Rule about it, a walk-on uh, on his own. Let's get to the schedule. Hold on, one more, one more guy okay, to shout sorry. out. Michael Burt, Omaha Creighton Prep tight end, 2024 class. Uh, went camping in St. Louis, visited Iowa, visited Minnesota. Uh, now this week has offers from Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Illinois. Six five two twenty five. 225. Uh, all of a sudden, on everybody's radar. Give me uh, and, all the tight ends. And and yeah, so he's he's uh, definitely making moves out there. Uh, good for Michael Burt. Uh, no holds a Nebraska offer now. All right, schedules. News this year, or news this, this week, 2024 and 2025, the first two seasons with USC and UCLA. Divisions going away and protected rivals. Now, I, some teams have, I think Penn State actually doesn't have any. No. Some have one, some have two, and some have as many as three protected rivals that you will play every year regardless. Interestingly, some are, are given, and, and this, I mean, I think part of this speaks to, look, Nebraska has one, Penn State has zero. They haven't been in the conference for very long. Maryland and Rutgers are the only ones they have. USC, UCLA, those are the only two, uh, the ones that they have. But then you have Iowa, who's got three, probably Michigan State. I don't have them in front of me, but... One. They got one. Michigan State just has one. Michigan. Okay. Well, Michigan has obviously Michigan State and Ohio State. Ohio State only has one, too. Here's the thing. Interesting. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me just real quick. There's a lot of tension on Twitter between, oh, Nebraska's only got one protected rival. Okay. And, and and oh, I was got three, and like you know, Wisconsin should be. That's our Wisconsin's going to become a rivalry. We, we really want to play Wisconsin. Don't kid yourself, okay? Nebraska ain't rivals with Wisconsin, okay? People are saying, oh, we could really feel the tension. Nebraska versus Wisconsin could be a rival. No, no, no. Do you know how rivalries are built? They're built through two teams, two good teams, fighting each other to one to the similar goal and having competitive games and having real gritty games and one team winning and taking something that the other one wants. That's never happened between Nebraska and Wisconsin. Okay, Wisconsin has, can I say, I want to say the other word, has kicked Nebraska's butt for the last 11 years. They've won nine straight games. Nebraska has not beaten Wisconsin since 2012. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's got a rivalry. So, and, and Wisconsin and actually sh- got revenge that same season and, in the and Big pe- Ten Championship And people game. are like, well, we, 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 they should at least be a two-play opponent. No, no, no. No, they shouldn't. It's not a rivalry. You just want to be Wisconsin. Nebraska fans want to be Wisconsin, and, and, and rightfully so. Right now... Are you I, saying want to be or want to beat? Want to be. I would love be. to be Wisconsin. Yeah, I would yeah. love to consistently go to Big Ten title games. I would like to consistently have 9-10 win seasons. Okay? Go to bowl games Go to bowl games all the time. Have just a very respected team. Now, at one point, was it, it, historically, is Nebraska better than Wisconsin? Absolutely. Right now, though, no. Right now, no. In the last 10 years, No. And I know that because Wisconsin has not lost to Nebraska, okay? So there was a lot of, uh, you know, Nebraska should play Wisconsin. That should be a protected rep. No, it shouldn't. Okay. Number two, people are freaking out. The Big Ten wants to screw Nebraska. The Big Ten doesn't like Nebraska. The Big, you know, they're always, they're always out to get Nebraska. I, I don't know. It's a new commissioner, guys. Are, are you telling me that there's always a new? Because cause here's the argument. In 2025... Nebraska plays UCLA, USC, Ohio State, Michigan. Those are four tough teams. And the only to know and, and, the only team in the Big Ten in either of those two years to play all, all four, four of those opponents okay. in one season. And it's and it's starting this whole the Big Ten doesn't like Nebraska. Let me let me tell you something right now. Every team in the Big Ten at some point will have to play those four teams in a season. It, it, over the next 15 years, every single team will have to play, or 20 or 30 at some point, will all have to play USC, UCLA, Michigan, and Ohio State. It's all going to happen. 
every single team is going to get that death row of just of, of teams. You know what? It just happened to be Nebraska for the very first time. In 2026, it'll be Michigan State. In 2028, it'll be Illinois. Everyone's going to have to play those four teams, okay? And so stop complaining. Also, too, just beat them. Let's just beat them. Why do you care? It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just the whole, I hate the whole Big Ten is trying to screw Nebraska. The Big Ten have bigger fish to fry than making sure Nebraska doesn't get wins. And also, too, it's a little silly to think that the Big Ten wants one of their biggest brands in Nebraska, one of the most popular brands in Nebraska, one of their the most national brands in all of college football in Nebraska to just consistently lose. You're telling me that the Big Ten just wants Nebraska to rack up losses so they make bad schedules? No! They just probably spin a spin a wheel or have some ping pong balls or look at the, geogra- the, the geography. You I'm know, just saying. You know why Nebraska gets matched up with these these really good teams? Because ratings. Yeah. Because it all goes back to money, which is TV, which is these matchups drive TV ratings. Nebraska still carries that brand. Maybe someday again, the play on the field will actually like start living up to that brand again. It's not there yet. Hasn't been for a Look. while. It's over a decade since Nebraska's won a conference division. Yeah. And divisions are going away next year. This is your last chance to win a division. Then you have to be the second place team in the whole conference to make a championship. My two points are this. Nebraska has not had the right to be a rival with Wisconsin as much people want that to happen. And no one's out to get you. No one's out to get you. Just go ahead and just let's just play the games. Let's just play the games. And, you know, one year you're going to play Indiana and you're going to play Rutgers and you're going to play all these bad teams all at once and you'll get a good record. Don't worry about it. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, that's that's a wise, wise, words. wise words from Matt McMaster. It's all going to come around. Don't worry about it. Uh, wrap things up right after this with a couple of national champions for Nebraska. We'll tell you who right after this. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. A big congratulations to Axelina Johansson and oh, Rima yeah. Otabor. Otabor? I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I'm sorry. I, I went with Otabor yesterday. National champions. Axelina, of course, in the shot put. We've talked about her uh, a little bit already this season from Sweden. Rima Otabor, uh, the javelin. Caleb Henry's old event. Uh, Oscar women in first place with just six of 21 events completed. They finish up the NCAA championships today. The men finish 17th, their highest place since 2016. Tyus Wilson, Darius Huff, first team All-Americans. Max Otterdahl, Michael Hoffer, second team All-Americans. Till Seinforth, I think, was an All-American as well in the decathlon. Yeah, I think you may be right. I might have missed him. Fourth place. Great job for track. Love that. Yep. All right. Hey, uh, that's it for us. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Next week, another position preview Saturday. I Are think we we'll deciding go, which one is I it? I think we'll go DBs. Let's go DBs. Let's go secondary. We'll we'll, we'll tell you who uh, next week. So make sure you come right back here for another position preview. Go Big Red.